Welcome to the Interesting Podcast, episode number 180. This episode is with the fantastic Carissa Barton. She's a dancer, choreographer, and a super fun hang. You may recognize her work from her various short films or from the incredible Peacemaker opening sequence. In this episode, we talk about her starting with tap dancing at three years old, moving from Canada to New York, going to Juilliard, traveling the world with the Parsons Dance Company, the importance of finding your people, creating Access Connect with her sister, her choreography process, and so much more. She's a blast and you're in for a treat. So, without further ado, please enjoy this episode of The Interesting Podcast, number 180, with Carissa Barton. Theme song time. when when someone's busy especially artists i'm like great it makes me yeah. feel so good because you have yeah. to it's like that creative spirit if it's not busy then it, it dies you it, know it does. you have to use it yeah it's that mm-hmm. the same same concept of energy you have to use energy to create energy it's all momentum yeah i'm right there with you yeah. where in the world are you today vancouver vancouver in vancouver bc Ooh. is it nice i've never been it's on my list it's beautiful. Yeah. It's really beautiful, especially right now. Things are coming back to life. Oh, yeah. And it's spring. It's spring. Yeah. So I'll walk daily. And every day I walk past a new, like a new tree that's suddenly in full sure. bloom. Like, where <laughs> did you come from? That's incredible. Yeah. And lots of leaves, lots of colorful leaves, just like little, little, little leaves starting. It's really it's great. But yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, I wish I could show you what I'm looking sure. at. Sure. Right <laughs> I'll live vicariously through, Forest. through you. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm in Florida. Yeah. We don't have seasons. It's just hot oh. always. Uh-huh. I know Florida. I, I, I used to tour to Florida and we spend every summer, five weeks, every summer in, Ooh. Uh, where was it? It was uh, Fort. Is there a fort? Um, There's a few. Fort Lauderdale, maybe? That's, That's a big uh, yeah, there's right. No, it's smaller. It was smaller. Is it Fort Myers? Fort Myers. Fort Myers is it. <sighs> I'm in Naples, which is oh, like no way. 20 right. minutes That's... south. I'm like, right. you know where Close. Fort Myers is? <laughs> <laughs> I know where Fort Myers is. I remember that the bridge. Uh huh. I remember uh-huh. having to take the bridge to swim in waters that had the phosphorescent. Yep. Sounds about right. And, uh, and then I remember that, yeah, it being a pretty small town. Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly not gotten bigger. There's more people in it, but it hasn't grown. It hasn't grown. Right. Temperatures have gone up as they do. It's just the humidity. You have to swim through the air here. It's I'm, I'm jealous of your coolness. Yeah, it is cool. It's cool. (laughs) And although it's, it's rainy here. Oh yeah. Cause you're kind of, you're slightly coastal. Yeah. Vancouver's on uh, on the far yeah, side just above seattle a couple of gotcha. hours does yeah. it snow like a lot it does uh max five days oh wow i think this year it was like maybe three or four days gotcha gotcha yeah are you from yeah. vancouver no i'm originally from edmonton oh sweet uh-huh right you know edmonton i do i do okay edmonton's way more inland 
it is. Yeah. That's, it's I, like I, Alberta. So Edmonton is in Alberta. Alberta mm-hmm. is like the, the Texas of Canada. It's more yeah. conservative. There's lots okay. of farmland. There's a big meat industry, oil industry. It's, it's where the oil is. Interesting. That doesn't uh-huh. sound like a particularly artistic place. It is not. So it's strange that a lot of a lot of dance talent comes out of Edmonton. There's like a really strong oh. dance scene there. Really? Always has been. Um, hmm. And uh, theater scene. So Nathan Fillion uh-huh. is from Edmonton. And then we have, a, we have some friends who are like some of the most talented improv yeah. people that we know that are, are from Edmonton. Lots of, yeah, lots of really good improv artists come out of Edmonton and some, some good actors too. That's cool. Was mm-hmm. So like you're in Edmonton and then you just randomly got into dance or was it something you wanted to do? Like, how did that happen? I grew up in a family. I have two siblings. I'm in the cool. middle of, of three girls. Oh, and great. my older sister was put into tap class when oh. she was, I guess, four or five. And I yeah. would go and watch her class and just kind of stand on the side of the of the room and uh-huh. and learn tap as she was learning it. And so I was just shy of three and and her teacher took my mom aside after class and said, hey, you need to put her in too. She's she's picking up on this stuff. She might be a natural. Yeah. She put me in at at just shy of three. Wow. And uh, and then my youngest sibling, Azure started about a year later and then we all continued to focus very seriously on dance from that early age to through to we're all dancers and choreographers as adults so it was a path that was we were a dance family it was what we did it was what we focused on we were pretty competitive about it there were there were we attended lots of competitions and then um and then we kind of we all took a little bit of uh, different paths. Uh-huh. So uh, we actually, all of us went into ballet for a while and I danced with a ballet cool. company and I moved to New York because ballet, the ballet world wasn't for me, I learned. Sure. I moved to New York uh, to go to Juilliard. Oh, I've and, heard of it. And then, uh, so I continued training at Juilliard and then from there got a job with a touring company and mm-hmm. and then toured with that company for a while. And then I just kind of, my, my career is just you know, gone on with, with little breaks. Like I, I, of I course. Away from dance for a while, but, um, but it's like so much a part of who I am and who my, my family is and where I'm from that yeah. as much as I've tried to get away from <laughs> dance in the tent, and I have made an effort. Sure. Um, it always comes back. It always comes back. I can't escape it. It's the feet. They're just going to go where they're going to go. <laughs> they just go where they're going to go. And you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. You just take the steps. That's it. That's right. That's right. That's the name of your book. We figured it out. Boom. Right, right off the top. Take the steps. Done. You ever get Best into self help? <laughs> <laughs> Just one st- one step after another. And before you know, it, you're dancing through life. There you there go. There we go. Boom. Bumper stickers. We're figuring this out. We're already creating. Hey. Hey, Were your parents dancers? Were they like? No. That, so my mom love has always loved dance, and she wanted mm-hmm. to be a dancer, but never had the opportunity to train. Gotcha. So I think it was something that's kind of the seed was planted in her and then you know she she put us and she wasn't one of those moms that like forced us to do sure you're gonna dance (laughs) she yeah (laughs) she exactly so but she was um she has a lot of respect for it and Mm -hmm. uh and 
knows it, knows dance and the dance world almost better than anyone I know. She certainly knows what's going on more than I do. Sure. And always has. And uh, she actually worked in the dance industry herself as an administrator. Oh, cool. For decades. Um, but she was never a dancer. My dad is an entertainer, not formally, but mm-hmm. just in life. He's yeah, the best kind. He's, uh, a bit of a, a bit of a club, but very much an, an entertainer. And so we learned a lot from him about um, just how to be sort of free and goofy and, yeah. and uh, creative. So yeah, that was sort of the structure of, of the family and that environment really allowed for us to, um, to explore. Yeah. And to, 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 to make the choice to, to pursue art as, as a, as a lifestyle. That's so a cool. career. Yeah. And it makes all the difference in the world too. If you have supportive parents in a creative field, because then you have, that, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Base. It really does. It, yeah. it really does. It it's, I can't imagine, you know, that the path of an artist is already really hard yeah. and I know that there are plenty of people that don't have or haven't had the support of mm-hmm. their families and it makes it a lot, you know, a lot harder. On the other hand, I guess you can use that as yep. fuel to yep. succeed. And uh-huh. I know a lot of people have done that too, but in oh, my yeah. case, I really, it was the, the support is what, is what I, I needed and had, sure. including a mom that was like, she, you know, she, she was a stay at home mom. Cool. And cool. so we, were her career, mm-hmm. but she was willing to, and very much in support of getting us out of the house. <laughs> Get out, please. You gotta fly. So getting us out of the houses as early as we wanted, really. So I was just 17, or I think seven, turning 17 when I moved out of Edmonton to Calgary to go dance wow. with a ballet company. And then, and then I was in New York when I was 18. And, and she was very, you know, very Get supportive it. of it. Just go oh, live life, do it. So I feel very lucky. Wow. So yeah. tap to ballet. I feel like those are two very different things. They are. <laughs> yeah. So the more, so if you're training as a dancer at, at, at the, I think it's evolved and I think it's changed now, but at the mm-hmm. time and in my, in, in my environment, dance environment, ballet, if you took dance seriously, ballet was crucial. Gotcha. Like serious ballet training. If you wanted a professional career, you need mm-hmm. to have a solid foundation in ballet. And it's, you know, it's where it's the found, it was the foundation of technique for me until I got to Juilliard. And then, and then I explored all kinds of techniques that sure. to build upon. But in, in Edmonton, it was, it was ballet was, was, if you were taking it seriously, is what you needed to do. And, and uh, uh, I, I'm still a ballet fan. A lot sure. of dance artists out there now say yes and no. And, and, yeah. and I understand their perspective but I'm, I'm very pro ballet sure. um, as a, as a training, not as a limiting, not in any way limiting, um, but there's a way to use it to get better access to your own body. Uh, sure. So you have more freedom to, to do the, the kind of work that you want to do. The more training, the more, the more aware you are and the more you know, the more aware you become of what you know you can do with your body, the sure. more you can explore and bring to the table creatively. That makes sense. Did mm-hmm. you pick up did you pick up ballet as easily as you did tap? No, ballet was harder, much harder for me. Tap yeah. was easy. I have a um a natural sense of musicality. Mm, okay. And I have uh I understood the the concept of having control through looseness of the ankles. Like tap oh. is one of those things that if you're stiff in your ankles, you can't 
you can't make the, the, the sound changes. Oh. And it's much harder actually to find fast, qu quick rhythms and tricky rhythms in tap if you have, uh, if you're muscling it. Interesting. So you have to find looseness in your ankles, but control within the looseness of it and Ooh. control within the freedom of it. So yeah. yeah, so for some reason that was very natural to me. Sure. But ballet, there's something, there, ballet calls for uh, rotation of the hips and other flexibilities. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, again, though, that's changed the perception of what, what is good ballet technique has changed over the last 30, 40 years. Sure. But at the time it was very, for me, it was very much about um, you know, turnout. And so I was for, I had to like force my knees. My hips are just tight. Sure. I, was, I had to stretch every single day. I had to like force my body to do things that it Ooh. naturally didn't want to do and actually changed the shape of my legs and my what? hips and my body. You do it every day, yeah. you do it for every day for 10 or 15 years, your body will adapt. Um, but as soon as I stopped doing ballet, it went back, my body oh. went back to its natural <laughs> So I struggled. So yeah, ballet was very challenging for me, but again, I knew that it was a thing that something that I, I needed in order to support my growth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I focused really, really hard on it. Um, it came much more easily to both of my sisters. Yeah. <laughs> then we did jazz. Jazz was very, very natural. It was tap and jazz around the same time. Gotcha. Jazz came very naturally to me as well. And I actually use a lot of jazz influence in the work that I make now. A lot of jazz. I can see it. That's yeah. neat. You did tap, you did ballet, and then you went to Juilliard? Yeah. So I danced where I apprenticed with a, with a ballet company called Alberta cool. Ballet Company for a year. Nice. Decided that uh, it wasn't for me. Um, <laughs> important to know. <laughs> so, and for a number of reasons, and there's nothing wrong. It's a great company, really sure. great company, not for me. Um, and uh, and I wanted to live in New York. Uh, I, really, I wanted to be in New York. Fair. So I auditioned for Juilliard and a school called AMDA because I was considering musical theater as a path as well. Mm -hmm. Cool. I auditioned for both and thought, well, whichever one I get into is the path that I'll take. I'll. I'll, I'll to them to determine what you know what, which career into the universe into the universe yes then i was accepted at both and so i had to oh. make <laughs> a decision to um to pursue one or the other and ultimately i chose juilliard because of the dire the director of the school at the time his name was benjamin harker he is known as one of the best teachers in the Ooh. world and had founded one of the best dance companies in europe cool. And uh, so I decided to go to Juilliard. Also, Juilliard just has a, you know, it has there's a prestige to it, and it's Juilliard. They could, you know, the connections that could be made, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm glad that I did. I had I had an amazing experience at Juilliard. It's 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 usually uh, it's a some people don't have a great experience. Yep. Yep. Um, and mm -hmm. I felt very lucky. I had I had a very good one. A very good one. Was it yeah. different than you expected? Because there is the idea of what it could be and then what it is. No, no. I think yeah. it was better than I could have uh, anticipated. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were so socially. Sure. <laughs> sure. It's hard training, like really hardcore. Um, but outside, you know, it's play hard, work hard, play hard. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And and I was learning about my myself at that time and sure. and relationships and all of that stuff. That stuff was a bit of a mess. Yeah, <laughs> training. That's right. 
Right. I was hyper-focused and then, yeah. And then, and then all of the other stuff, like the college years. Sure. Sure. It's the yin and yang of existence. You know, you got to have it all. I get it. Yeah. You got to balance it out. How was New York coming from Canada? Because it's a different ecosystem. You know, I felt very, very at home in New York. Cool. From the first time that I, that I visited, I think, I think it was 13, 12 or 13 and to kind of knew then, like I, I jive with this. Like I, I feel this place. I feel connected yeah. to this. And so when I moved there, it felt very natural. Um, I embraced all of it. I loved walking around. I loved exploring the city. Um, and I had fun. We had lots and lots of fun, you know, middle of the night going into Central Park. Actually, my now husband, Alan, mm-hmm. I met at Juilliard. Oh, cool. Uh, he was in the same class in the drama division. I was in the dance division. Nice. And we were buddies. We never dated. We didn't have any kind of romantic relationship at the time. Mm-hmm. And we would, but we would have, we would have fun in the city. Like we would, there was one night where we went into Central Park, like two Ooh. o'clock in the morning, a bunch of us. You, you really couldn't do this now. So this sure. Is <laughs> the early 90s. We went into Central Park and kind of split off from the group and went to the, the pond and uh, at the time it was there, like it wasn't fenced off or anything. Oh, perfect. And we untied a canoe. Yeah. Found a way to row through on the pond in Central Park in the middle of the night, just the two of us just like taking in this park. And then we got to, we were approaching a bridge and saw a big guy standing in the center of the bridge with like a long trench coat just staring at us. And then we panicked, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> we got to shore and then and then um found our friends at the there's like a little amphitheater and um and just ran around the park and that's the kind of things that that we would do that were fun those, those moments sure that was a mess but those were gems and uh, yeah so we I, new york new york for me was just this giant playground yeah um, and I, 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 uh, yeah, it just felt, it just felt right. I, um, I lived all over the place. I moved to all kinds of different neighborhoods within the city and cool. And, uh, and then, yeah. And then left and I always crave it still to this day. Just yesterday, I was thinking I get back there. Gotta yeah. Get back there. It's changed so much. New York has changed so much over the last 30 years, 20, 10 years, even it's, mm-hmm. it's not quite the same as, you know, I think, uh, is a little rough around the edges, rougher around the edges. Back right. Then. There's um, definitely barricades, more laws, probably. More. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, there were a lot more mom and pop shops, too. You know, it hadn't been over by these corporate giants. Sure. Um, so it was, it was, you know, you'd go to, you'd go to, uh, you know, like the, sh- the shoe, sh- well, I guess there's still shoe shops, but you go to, um, uh, you know, specialty shops. Yeah. And record stores, record stores. Oh yeah, great record shops. And um, yeah, it was just it was it was a little more. There was a little more personality to right. Manhattan, I think it's Brooklyn now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, I love New York. I love that, and I love those kinds of stories because they're so specific to your experience. Like mm-hmm. you, yeah. you saw the guy from Home Alone. I mean, who sees that in real life? Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, is it was a very specific time. It was very yeah, and living in I mean, st- I think people still do this, but living in really 
crappy places <laughs> and oh yeah and being totally <laughs> cool with it we rented a, a house in Williamsburg way before Williamsburg was hip and it was a house that was sinking on one side so it was it was tilted so like <laughs> walking through the house were a little tilted sure. and it was owned by we we thought it was and this might have been something completely made up but we I, I don't know. There might have been some truth to it as well. I'll give it to you. Like it was owned by a mob family, Italian mob family. Yes. And uh, um, they just, and they didn't, they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. We're like, this is a yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, we're fine with, you know, 20 somethings taking over the house. And, um, but yeah, we had a mouse problem. Lots of, lots of, ice, lots of roaches, like all of that stuff, but it made for, and we had a spiral staircase, just three floors, a spiral, like what? tiny little spiral staircase that would take us up, up to the third floor. And I, I, one of my roommates was another dancer. Another one was a chef. Oh, great. And yeah. And, uh, and he smoked a lot of weed, that guy. Of course. He was a wake and baker. I never knew anyone who smoked as much weed as that guy. <laughs> He's so smart. How do you, how are you so smart and smoke that much weed? Right. Uh, he had to even out. He ascended yeah, yeah, and had to come right. back down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, we had, we had some really fun times in that place. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. That, that, plenty of New York stories. That sounds like the coolest clubhouse ever. Oh, it was. It was. I had really cool roommates. We were all just pursuing and doing really well in our, in our chosen careers. And so we'd all come back with stories. I was touring the world at the time. So I'd come back with crazy stories from my touring what? days. Um, uh, my other roommate was dancing with Twyla Tharp, who, what? yeah, so she was, she was with her and so had touring with her and had stories. And then um, the chef would come back and tell stories about the kitchen and, <laughs> and like crazy, crazy. Those guys, I don't know how it is now, but at the time, those, those chefs would do whatever they needed to do to get through the nights. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's still and, like that in some places, especially in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah we 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 had we had fun that's wild was it the parsons dance company you were touring with at that time yeah that was the company i was with at that time yeah i'm aware of a few things you may have done okay okay that's pretty yeah. cool parsons dance company uh, it was how long did you tour with them four years wow since for four years yeah and we did we worked most of the time um we were touring the majority of the year mm -hmm. and, and um you know, we'd come back to New York, have seasons in New York every year, um, and then rehearse or work new pieces or create new pieces and then go back out onto the road. But yeah, we did. Wow. We were a lot. It was, you know, at, again, when you're in your twenties, touring is, is fun. And sure. Uh, uh, I, 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 I look back on it and go, wow, how did I do that? <laughs> yeah. I, did that. Um, I was just like, this is just what you do and getting to explore the world and sure and really have it was what was nice about that company was there were eight of us and uh all the dancers were in like 90 percent of the dances oh wow full cast so when we danced when we did a show we were in the majority we were dancing a lot yeah really hard work it was really the work itself was really the choreography itself is really challenging and like mm -hmm. super athletic and and very challenging. And uh, so after a two hour show, we were wrecked, but we were doing seven, eight show weeks. Oh. 
and and then traveling to another city and or driving through we did a lot of italian tours where we would drive on we do a lot of one-nighters so it was like say five week or seven week tour sure and station in like milan for a week but then hit a bunch of smaller towns and do one-nighters which what? means going into the theater staging spacing doing the lighting doing a dress rehearsal and then doing a show and then getting on a bus and traveling to the next town and then sleeping as much as you could, waking up, going to the theater, lighting, staging, spacing, dress rehearsal, getting on a bus. It was very, it was very, very hard. Um, it was also, it was also incredible. Like we could, we saw Italy. We saw yeah. Italy. And we'd get to some places where, you know, someone from the local area would hear we were in town and insist on having us over for dinner. And there was one in particular, I remember this woman, she was in, in my mind at the time, very old. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> right. Like in my mind, she was like, this woman is in her eighties. Right. Um, but she had been a chef. She'd been a cook her whole life from the oh. time that she could barely walk. She was learning how to cook and then just cooked. And she headed over to her, her home, which is a small, it's like a farmhouse. Uh-huh and cooked a meal for the entire company and one of the best meals to date that I have ever had in my life. Like, like, you know, you focus on one thing. Sure. Fire life. So 80 years and at least 70. So like (laughs) the focus on, 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 on cooking Italian dishes, you're going to be really, really good at it. It was magic. And to be in her, you know, her farmhouse with food that had come out of her garden and pasta that she made from hand and it was incredible so we'd have moments like that that were just like yeah. where else do you get to do that except yeah the dance company for several weeks throughout italy right it's pretty pretty neat like that that's what life is right there that's Those life. little oh just yeah. feeds your spirit at that point it really does it is it is living that is living and then exhausting ourselves with yeah. the work <laughs> exhausting ourselves and wrecking our bodies but living yeah that's where it's at that's where that's the stuff that like pays dividends later on because just thinking about it you're like oh and you get that dopamine again of like remember that thing it's it's beautiful yeah it is you got to get into it get get into it get into life get into it get messy yeah Yeah. live actually live yeah Yeah. i agree what kind of training did you need to be able to be robert battle's hat (laughs) that was (laughs) yeah that was so um Robert Battle it's funny he just sent me two days ago sent me a clip of a dance that he made on me while we were touring oh cool that I had completely forgotten about and I think I'm gonna post it or or at least a clip of it you should that's awesome it's a really cool dance um yeah, so that was for a photo shoot for for a German magazine that was doing a feature on that company. Cool. Photographer had some really cool ideas. We were in a in a theater, and I it was this incredible theater, and I don't remember. One of the other company members might remember where it was, but it was an iconic theater. I I mm-hmm. I, I'm, I feel like it was um, the theater in Venice, but I might be wrong. Anyway, so the this photographer came to Italy, and had someone hanging off the balcony by his you know fingertips and then um had us lounging on this like old italian furniture and, and then 
they, one of the thoughts that he had was, what if you're like a hat and, and, <laughs> and I, that was really hard photo to capture because uh, Robert's head was right in my gut, like pressed into my, <laughs> into my stomach and my organs, my sure. right and, in the soul. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, right in the soul. Like, like, get right to the root of it. Yeah. <laughs> All my traumas that I stored deep. Right. You know, just, he started yeah. having your flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, so it was, uh, I kind of had to, to hold, hold my breath, which was not a big deal, but it was the pressure on that. So I had to look relaxed and comfortable while in actually a lot of pain. And in order to get the right shot in the right moment, it was, you know, multiple, multiple takes as they say, and, and uh, getting up there itself was a challenge. It was, sure. it, was uh, it was a fun photo shoot, but it was, um, yeah, that one was, was painful and his neck is holding a human being like, yeah, yeah his neck his <laughs> neck he has robert i love robert he he has a very big head and big hands he's a he's a big guy yeah and so dancing with him was really fun because he could just like easily just like pick me up and sure toss me yeah toss me across Spin the you. stage like it was a piece <laughs> of cake it was really, um, yeah, it was really fun. But when we would compare, because I'm, I'm quite tiny mm -hmm. and he's a big guy. And so we would compare hand sizes a lot. Oh, yeah. And his hand is like twice the size. Well, not twice the size, but like. Sure. We might as, we might as well say it's twice the size. Sure. If you so, made a fist, it's gone. It's gone. Oh, it was, yeah, completely <laughs> doesn't exist. He, yeah, he, um, he was a great dancer. He is, is a, just an incredible mover. He's, and now he runs Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. That's amazing. Not surprised. Yeah, neither am I. So yeah. you're in New York when all this is happening. When did yeah. you make the jump across to the other coast? Um, I believe it was in, well, I first came out to Santa Monica in 2008, I think. Okay. Maybe 2009. Actually, it might have been 2009. And it was because I had gotten to the point in New York, I'd lived in, yeah, it was 16 years, so whatever 16 years. And I'd gotten to the point in New York where I felt like I had done it. The, the specific thing that I thought at the time was, I'm getting bored here. Sure. And if I'm getting bored in New York, it's time to step away for a bit. Right. That's not the place where you get bored. Mm -hmm. And... And I felt like I just needed some some change. Um, sure. So, and I thought it was San Francisco. I thought San Francisco would be oh, would be because it's the closer, it's closer, much closer to New York in terms of vibe. Right. And uh, so I flew to San Francisco and just lived there for a month just to get a feel for it, and didn't connect with it. Strangely, hmm. I I yeah, I wasn't in, I wasn't into it, and I think largely in hindsight that had to do with not having any friends or real connections there. Sure. So, I, so I drove down after a month, I drove down to LA and at the time was thinking, no way am I going to live in LA. Sure. <laughs> New Yorker response. <laughs> yeah. It's such a New Yorker response, but I thought I've got a couple of friends there. I'll drive down and see them. And, uh, and even when I, I got there, I was like, what is this place? Like, I don't even know where I am. And since I'm <laughs> to Santa Monica, it's like, this is just, I was on Lincoln Boulevard, which is not the boulevard that rep best represents LA and mm -hmm. especially then. And 
and thinking, yeah, no, no. And then, um, and then after a couple of days, I started to feel a little more connected. I probably again through friends, like it's so much and decided, okay, maybe, maybe I'll give this a shot. And so stayed for another few weeks and then started to, to feel like I can do this for a couple of years, got a place, moved to, um, to Santa Monica. And then, and then I kind of, I, I bounced around a lot. I did a lot of work in Ireland oh, for a while. Love and Ireland. Back to New York. And then when I came back to LA for a second time, um, I came to Hollywood. I, I decided to, to set up closer to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now that's where I am. Cool. Yeah. That's neat. Mm-hmm. And did it take, how long before you started like working and doing stuff in LA? And was that scene different from New oh. York and stuff you'd done? Oh yeah. Yeah. LA is a different beast. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is. It's such a different, it's, it's such a different way in. Mm-hmm. So New York was very easy for me um, in terms of just again, connecting with it right away, having a base, having some found, like rooted in some foundations there and people that I knew. And I just felt very, very connected with it. When I got to LA, I, I, it took me a long time, a couple of years to, to begin to get a sense of how LA works and on a, on a, on a geographic level. Sure. <laughs> level and on a personal level, it took me a long time to, 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 to find my people. Right. I think that's not a, that's not unusual. I think a lot of I think you're right. that experience takes at least a couple of years to really find your people. Once I found my people, then I started to feel better about being there. But it really, up until then, I went, mm, there was one person that I, that was worth staying for. And that was my now husband. Oh, good pick. Um, so he, uh, yeah, it was a good pick. So <laughs> he, uh, he was one of the main reasons that I, that I really kind of pushed through and stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started finding my people and, and now I feel very good there, but it did take a while. It's such a different, so different from New York. Oh my God. How long were you there doing the scene, kind of getting your feet before question of you came to be? Um, that, wow, you really did do your homework. Dude, I've seen everything you've done. You have no idea. <laughs> before I even asked, I was like, you know I want to get to know this person. <laughs> <laughs> so that, so, so question of you is actually a, a piece that I made at Juilliard. Aha. Uh-huh. Hence the retro Juilliard. video of you doing it. And yes. Uh-huh. The okay. VHS style. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So when I decided I was in LA and decided I wanted to begin exploring putting dance on screen mm-hmm. rather than creating a new piece, it made sense to me to use in some existing material yeah. and focus yeah. on the, the filmmaking aspect rather than right. both. Okay. So that was the piece that I chose and I staged it on Allison and um and it was a good, a really, really good learning experience. I think that was a year after I moved back the second time. So the first mm-hmm. time I moved to LA was um, uh, kind of a different story and a kind of whole separate story. Sure, um, sure. But it was when I moved back to, to, to LA when I was in Hollywood that, uh, yeah, about a year, about a year, I started to get really antsy. I, I, I wanted to make more stuff. I wanted to do more stuff. And it was happening way too slowly for me. I, I, <laughs> I, I expect things, having spent so much time in New York. Right. Just with, I, it's also who, who I am. I, 
I, I have to exercise patience and, um, mm-hmm. a lot of patience and, uh, expect things to happen really fast all the time. Yeah. So, and, and that goes creatively as well. Like if something doesn't just, does it just come, yep. I, I get very frustrated. So, um, I'm the same way. It's a matter of just trusting process and slowing down and being cool and patient. Easier said than done. <laughs> that space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, so things weren't happening fast enough for me. So I went, oh, I'm just going to do this on my own then, which was not a bad. And uh, so, yeah, so that was question of you. And I learned a ton. I learned a lot about, um, I needed to learn mostly that I needed to learn. Mm-hmm. Sure. That there's a lot. There's a lot you can you can approach it at just sort of figuring it out and guessing, or you can investigate and learn the techniques and right. the, getting clear about the why. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? Where does it live? Um, and balancing those all of those aspects out. It was really good. Thank you. It was very cool. I liked it a lot. I I did wonder though that bar. Mm-hmm. How often? Does that fall over? Oh, that was, I have a picture of, of Alan was there helping me. There were, there were a, a few people, but he was one of the people that was just sort of there to, you know, to help with whatever needed we needed at the time. And I've got a picture of him sitting. So we were getting a shot of, of Allison on one side of the bar doing something really tricky where she was pulling. Yeah. yeah. She's like leverage uh-huh. and, uh, and it kept pulling. It, there wasn't, it wasn't weighted enough. So. There's a picture of Alan. So when we're shooting that side of the bar, Alan is crouched down <laughs> on the other, on the foot of the other side of the bar, just to stabilize it. And even then it was like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fighting it. He, but yeah, so he was really helpful on that day too. He, um, we had to do things like that. It was, and then from a, from a dancer perspective, it just calls for a different strength. Like she couldn't rely on the bar she had to print the right that the bar was more weighted than it was interesting okay okay Uh see i'm into that i love process and like Mm -hmm. this piece of art i'm like how many people went into making this how did this go like what are rehearsals like like this is a beautiful piece and beautiful pieces don't just happen yeah oh yeah that started i said that started back at juilliard and then um and then i modified a few things um to better suit allison and then uh, and then from there, yeah, there were about, it was a pretty small crew. I think there were six crew and, nice, nice. Uh, and my sister Sharice was there to help. And Alan was there to help. And my mom was actually in town. Oh, cool. Sitting on the side every now and again, giving me some input. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> yes, mom. And right as usual. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's always, that's somehow worse when they're right. Yeah, like my, my yeah. dad's the same way. I'm like, I don't care. You're right. You're right. And it makes me more angry that you're right. Okay. <laughs> Again. Yeah. How long after question of you did you get involved with had she never asked me? Because that was another beautiful piece. Thank you. Yeah, that that had she never asked me was something that came from. So. My another project that I started out of impatience there you go was, it's working it's called <laughs> um it's called access connect that i started with my older sister sharice mm-hmm. we decided we'd been talking about it for years and decided that to create a platform for 
emerging and established dancers, actually. Sure. Um, you can get very, with how the dance industry sort of functions, Mm-hmm. You can get very isolated in what it is that you're doing and lose touch with what's happening in other aspects of the industry. And um, and because they're for a long time, the commercial dance world and the concert dance world and the film dance world and the theater dance world and all of these worlds are sort of isolated from each other. Oh. And what was happening at the time was all of these worlds were starting to uh, to cross over. And so dancers that typically wouldn't find themselves on or even considering Broadway Mm -hmm. were starting to audition and, and perform in Broadway shows like ballet dancers were starting to do Broadway shows, which for a long time just wasn't a thing. It didn't happen. Cool. And a lot of that had to do with the choreographers that had started to begin creating work for Broadway shows and they would bring their dancers over. And so, so, you know, an example of, of concert dance, dancers getting into Broadway and then and then commercial dancers wanting to get into contemporary theater dance all of that stuff so you think you can dance helped with a lot of that all the show um open thing just kind of helped to crack things wide open and um but a lot of dancers didn't know how to navigate all of that how would you yeah how would you so Sharice and I decided well let's create a platform where we bring in we spend two weeks with dancers by audition that we bring in by audition cool Bring in our friends from the industry, from different aspects of the industry in different areas, and have them come in and talk to them about what's happening right now. So here's what you need to know. Here's what's happening in LA. Here's what's happening in New York. Here's what's happening in Chicago. Here's what's happening in film. Here's what's happening in theater. Here's what's happening in Broadway. All of that stuff. Yeah. Learn in a couple of weeks, plus life skills. Like, of course. To how do you take care of yourself mentally as you're, you know, working multiple jobs in order to pay the bills while wanting to pursue a career while also not being able to afford to live in New York and dealing with personal problems and rejection and all of that stuff. Um, and so offering, you know, mental support and physical support and then, and then the industry itself. So, so we were very excited about this platform and we called the program Access Connect. And uh, the first year we did it, it was an experiment. Sure. Like, let's see if it works. Let's see if people are attracted to it. We wound up getting 80 dancers by audition wow. and had 24 guest artists come in from the industry over two weeks a week in the Ooh. in LA and then we brought in choreographers to create as in addition to a ton of other stuff um, to create a couple of new works for the dancers that they would then perform at the end of the two weeks so that they could be seen by industry people so that they could potentially get jobs. It's like the greatest thing ever. It was a really, it is a very cool platform. We didn't, it's COVID a couple of years. It'll come back. Well done. Um, so to answer your question about how she had never asked me, one of the choreographers that we brought in, um, I, I really wanted to bring in a choreographer that was creating work um, that it, it addressed social issues. Yeah. And uh, this choreographer, uh, Cindy Salgado, um, is a choreographer who focuses her work on, and she's an incredible dancer as well, um, who focuses her work on social issues. Cool. And uh, so she was kind of an emerging choreographer at the time. And um, so we brought her in as part of Access Connect. She choreographed Had She Never Asked Me. Oh, how cool. I was really moved by it. Yeah. And then talked to her and they performed it as part of Access Connect. Cool. 
then uh, I connected with her, connected after X Connect. Uh-huh. Hey, oh. After, um, uh, after the, the two weeks and, and said, hey, I think that this more people need to see this. What do you think about putting this on film? Yeah. And, or, you know, shooting this. And, and she was down for it. And then we spent the next few months talking about it. And then I flew to New York and then we shot it in New York. Um, again, a very small crew. Um, because it was a passion project. It was, uh, you know, this, sure. is a message. this is about getting this out there. And, um, and so we created, so the, the piece as you saw is it's gorgeous. Yeah. And it's, and it, and it really addresses Daniel Watts is a performer and, and he's just so he's got some really powerful writing and, yeah. um, and so Cindy, Cindy took a, a piece that he had written and used that as the foundation for, um, for creating the dance and and so that's all how that came together and interestingly the written piece that accompanies the dance um starts with had she never asked me this question about the shooting in orlando i wouldn't have written this piece and what's crazy about that is or what i think is beautiful about that is that had she never asked me the, the poem wouldn't have been written cindy wouldn't have made a dance about it I wouldn't have felt moved by it and helped to produce and create the film version of it, which is now out there. And so it's a little bit meta as well. Yeah. And there is so much truth in that. There's something really powerful about one person asking another person, hey, have you, have you done anything with this? You seem really moved by it. You go, no, 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 I haven't done anything. Well, why not? Yeah. Well, I don't know. And just asking that question then creates a spark in someone to create a thing that creates more things that brings people together mm -hmm. and, and then puts a message out into the world or just puts a piece of art out into the world. And that's again, life, like that's using, using, that's it. you know, it starts as simple as somebody asking a question. That's, that's that art. It's magic. It's magic. It's that spiritual spark that we have. That's so, I can't explain it, but I like it. I, I like, like it too. <laughs> I like it. It's where it's at. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Was it your idea or Alan's idea to have a musical bit in Con Man? Uh, that was Alan. Okay. Alan's okay. idea. That we wanted to have a musical bit. Yeah. And that was the first time we collaborated. And cool. it and looked like fun. It was, it was fun. He, <laughs> it's funny. We just watched a little bit of Con Man last night. Rightfully so. Holds he up. <laughs> was very stressed out. <laughs> he had written, produced, directed, and starred in this series. Mm -hmm. He had, and they were doing a comic book at the time, and they yep. were a game at the time. And I, I, I don't know if it was at the time, I don't think that it was. I think it was later, he, maybe in the second season when he was doing Rogue One. So he was doing all of those things, plus playing KTSO and Rogue. He had so much going on, but he also had a ton of things going on while he was creating the first season too. He always, so he was very, his brain was in so many different places. And so I, I you know, it was our first collaboration, the first, the first, that, that I think he had so much going on and was so stressed out. And then it was our first collaboration was a good sign that we make a good team right. because it went really well. Sure. <laughs> it was tight. The timeline was tight. We had 
very limited time amount on this uh, very limited amount of time on the stage. Oh. And uh, I had very little time to rehearse with him. Ooh. I and he was, you know, nervous about of course elements and he was singing in it and yeah so much going on that it went as well as it as it did it was a good was a good sign for me I, I do remember thinking wow if we work well together under these conditions we're gonna work well together there you go like you know you don't really know until you know that's true that is true i'm fairly certain my marriage is intact because we haven't worked together she would kill me it would and, <laughs> <laughs> that then you know that yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. No, our, our, yeah, we do our professional lives very separately. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, so yeah, in our case, we work really, really well creatively together. Great. And you got to perform at a Comic-Con. Pretty cool. And that was so cool. That was the first time that we get, both Alan and I are, you know, we started in theater, mm-hmm. love the stage. And yeah. I, I just love the stage. It's where I feel most at home. And so getting to, to back onto a stage and, and for that to be with Alan was, uh, it was a really cool thing. Had to have been a good little full circle. Yeah. Little full circle. Yeah. And it was actually, I think the first time that we've been on a stage together. Oh, really? How cool is that? Yeah. Now that I think about it. Yeah. I think it was because at Juilliard, we weren't on the same stage because he was in a different, he was in drama and I was in dance. You're on the same canoe. It kind of started at the canoe. Mm-hmm. You know, we can, we can that's find true. some parallels. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's, that's when the seed was planted right then. I dig it. Now, did the collaboration success of Con Man give you the confidence to collaborate on single match or was it the other way around? That was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that also was, so that single match came from, I, I started taking directing classes at UCLA. Cool. And that was an assignment. Oh, neat. And it was in the very early part of the pandemic. So things were very much shut down and everyone was really, really isolated in their homes. Mm-hmm. And so we were restricted in what we could do. And so I had the, the you know, you use what's available to you. Sure. And we have tennis courts just down the street. Boom. And so I, yeah, so I thought, well, that's okay. That's what's available. Let's work with something there. And, um, and so wrote the basic outline of the thing and then sat with Alan and then he offered his input mm-hmm. and elevated it in his very Alan way. And, um, and then, yeah, we spent one morning, we had one morning. Um, well, I, I knew I wanted to get it in one morning, but we, we needed to get there before the tennis courts. Ah, so- smart. And so we were up at six and then by eight people started coming in. You'll see by the end of that, (laughs) more and more people are suddenly just there. And it was because of that, but that was really that, that was our second collaboration. And it also went really well. It was fun. And it was a, it was a fun little assignment. Yeah. That's even cooler that it was like a school assignment. Uh That's pretty neat. Uh I like, how do you like directing? I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I know where my weaknesses are um, at this point. Uh, it's important to know. So yeah, and then I know I I'm I'm just at the place where I feel like I can begin um, sort of breaking some rules. Cool. Which is which is cool, and um, yeah, it's like for for my process. I think is getting really uh, confident in my understanding of the the fundamentals and mm-hmm. the techniques. Sure. And sure. then from there, you know, op- opening up a little bit 
and, and, and experimenting. And I feel like I'm at that, at that point now. Yeah. I, um, I really, we watch a lot of this word is in content. We watch, yeah. content. We watch a lot of shows. Sure. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. And, um, and having a better understanding of filmmaking techniques and storytelling techniques makes, has made me an even greater appreciator of good shows. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When it's done well, and it's like, anyway, you, you can see that there's a reason why things work. Like it's yep. not just it's right. a magical <laughs> thing that, you know, that the skill that people acquire and then just make a thing like there's, there's so much technique that goes into mm-hmm. the good work. And uh, yes, that I can spot things now is exciting. And um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a natural, it's a natural path for me to continue with now. Um, I think that I, I all with all of my experiences that I have had and with the, the different choices that I've made along the way, this makes a it makes for a natural, uh, a natural, yeah, a natural path, a natural choice. Yeah, it makes sense to me, especially like going from like a dancer to a choreographer. That's kind of like from an actor to a director kind of thing. I can, I can see it. Mm-hmm. I see a, I see a correlation here. Yeah, mm, we'll see, we'll see. At the very, at the very least, understanding directing from a storytelling and from a, you know, a non-dance perspective mm-hmm. makes me a better collaborator as a choreographer. Oh, I bet. And was, has been very helpful with everything that I do now. It just gives me a whole other toolbox that I didn't have access to before and a language that I, I can now call on as needed. And, and so, yeah, so, so it's as a choreographer, it's really, it's been really, really beneficial for me to investigate all of it. I bet. And it just makes you a better artist. You have more yeah. paintbrushes in your toolbox. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm down with that. How yeah. fun was the Peacemaker gig? Oh, my God. Because it's so different than ballet and tap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, yet, and yet, I drew on them. I, I really, there is, ba- so the, the lift at the end? Uh-huh. Is- ah, okay. The, there's a little tapping in it. You can't really, because you don't hear the tapping. Uh-huh. Um, the very end when it pulls in on Mel Tuck. Oh, I've seen, I've seen some loose ankles over there. There's some loose, yeah. there's some loose ankles. <laughs> there's, some ankles. There's, some, there's some rhythm that you can't hear in there. It's yeah, get it. That was the tap element. And then there's some obvious jazz influence in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really fun and it was a really challenging project. You know, you watch the final product Mm-hmm. And on the surface, it looks quite simple. Yeah. <laughs> That's the trick, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It was far from simple. It was very far from simple. It was actually quite a complex process to, to come to that. That seems to be, you know, I always, I, I, I envy creators who can find simplicity right off the bat. It's just like a straight path to simplicity. Sure. For some reason... I have to personally move through a lot of complexity in order to arrive at simplicity. I'm with you. Same. It's so much work. And it's just the way that it is for me. I've thought of it for years and years and years. I've got, how do I get to simplicity faster, easier? And maybe one day I'll get there, but for the time being, it's yeah. my process. <laughs> yeah. What it is. 
but it's not, um, but I, you know, I think that it is in ultimate view, the, the simplicity is it, is where you can find a lot of magic, um, but uh, to arrive at it was involved. And my brain, once I have the kind of brain that once uh, I give it a task, mm-hmm. it doesn't really shut off. Sure. <laughs> it was very much on for, you know, seven weeks, Ooh. eight weeks. Even after we wrapped, I was still falling asleep and my brain was problem solving and finding finding other ways and um, finding new rhythms even within the movement and some musicality. But for, for and, and at least a week after we wrapped, like I, it was it was my brain. You were in. Locked into it. And but what's nice about that is that I don't have like when I'm in that zone, it's just it's it's there for me. Yeah. And I know that I'm 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 in it and I I can trust that. Cool. Process. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it was it was quite complex and all the way from finding the right balance between difficulty of movement and simplicity of of movement for non not trained dancers sure to i i was hearing all kinds of variations with the musicality of some phrases and changing those a lot while also trying to gauge well if i i can't change it too much because once i teach them this one it's tricky mm, sure and I'm not able to, to flip it but then really wanting to flip it and um to the staging itself and the transitions. And <clears throat> I originally staged it in the Peacemaker headquarters. Makes sense. And found all of the transitions in that space. Oh. So when we start on Peacemaker and then the other two fold in, Adebayo and Vigilante, the transition to the Harcourt and Mern mm-hmm. um, with the doors flying open, that came from transitioning to an to the other room in the back of HQ. Oh. Load the truck. Those doors were inspired by that space. And that and then the, the camera movement from the doors to the other side of the room was came out of how do you use a really tiny space and create movement. Yeah. Camera movement and energy and all while doing the dance itself. Um, so I had them like popping out of the back of a truck cool and space and then moving it around so that was inspired by that um and then and etc so as the piece as with all the transitions the transitions that are built in there um came out of the transitions that i was working within the hq space so when it transferred over all that work had been done but it fed it. it it it's one of the reasons that it works and why there's an energy that you can't really put your finger on. Uh-huh. And it's because the, all of that layering is in it changed. Oh. Modified for stage. Right. Out of necessity, but there's all of that, all of that layering is, can still be felt whether you're aware of it or not as a viewer. That's so cool. Is How much of that is just like you, when you're doing choreography for something that complex, how much of that is just like, trusting your gut like do you just go with it and you just feel or like yeah the the movement so the movement all started with um actually in this apartment in a tiny little room that's a sunroom ah perfect Um, and i cleared it out and set up a camera and 
spent a couple of hours just putting like blasting the music and Mm -hmm. improvising and then I went through and reviewed all of the footage and pulled my favorites from there pieced them together and then took that material as you know as the 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 sort of foundation for the rest of it Mm -hmm. those movements into a studio with Alan cool because Alan represented well again a good collaborator yeah but he also represented um the actor who without formal dance training Ooh, smart right but also a very creative and funny person Mm -hmm. so in the context of this show was the sort of like perfect um uh, model dancer yeah and so we went into a studio and had the first formal studio rehearsal um, where I taught him these moves that I had pulled from my own improv. And cool. then working with him, found a couple of other, found a couple of cool new things mm-hmm. and um, put it to counts and the music. Smart. And filmed the both of us doing it. And then pieced all of that together, sort of broke it down into a little video that I then sent to James with a voiceover explaining what everything was. Cool. And then got feedback from him. And once I got the thumbs up on, yeah, this is great, keep going in this direction. Then then I was able to take that and then expand on it. And um, and then so to answer your question, it was about, yeah, it, it very, very much. The, the musicality is very instinctual. Um, the, the transitions happen with, very much time to what's happening in the music, the transitions within the music at the end of phrasing in the music. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that also was, you know, it's practical, but uh, also felt intuitive. And then, um, and then the rest of it was just playing. Cool. Playing stuff, like playing. So I had, you know, access to HQ when they weren't shooting there. Right. And that was such a gift because I could go there whenever I wanted and, and just try things out and like camera and go let me just see what this works at one point I had a piano to use the piano (laughs) I had John playing at the piano and like five characters around him like grooving to the piano and um I had I used the wind there's like a little window in HQ that had someone popping up through that window but just trying a bunch of stuff yeah um and then got again continued to get feedback from James throughout the process and then um once we shifted it to the stage a lot of Mm -hmm. it fell away Sure. Um, but again, having done, I, I really believe that having done all of that work oh, yeah. plays into the, the final piece. Definitely. That, that, uh, yeah, there's, you feel it. I think, I think on some level, I feel it. And I felt it before I even knew the, the what's in the food. <laughs> right. So yeah. So you actually taste it. Right. What the song is about. That's right. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Now that you've been doing so many different things for so long, do you have any advice for like upcoming dancers or choreographers? Hmm. Yeah, I can. I, this is, I talk a lot about this at Access Connect actually. Oh yes. Um, it's, I really believe in carving your own path. I think that there's Hell no yeah. one yeah. path for anyone. Um, and I think a, a, a really just trust where you are. I think trust, you know, follow your impulses. Mm-hmm. And if it means 
doing something that you feel is outside of the boundaries of what you've decided for yourself is the path that you need to pursue or want to pursue. Um, don't be afraid of breaking those boundaries yeah. a little bit um, in order to follow what, you, you know, carving, carve, carving your own path means carving your life as a work of art it's um be willing to take risks and i think learn i am a lifelong learner i think learning and not being afraid to be a novice oh good one at a thing so dancers train for years and years and years and years and are hyper focused on training you know for 15 years a lot of the time and so you know how much work it 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 takes to get somewhere that once you get really good at it, it is kind of painful. I guess it's painful for anyone to feel bad at a new thing. Totally. It feels good. Mm -hmm. So to, to be willing to, to feel like you're not good at a thing again. Right. Uh, skill. Yeah. <laughs> I think being comfortable and being uncomfortable, being okay with being uncomfortable about being a, a newbie, at, yeah. a, at a thing, even within dance, like even within a new style, like it, it gets muscle memory is really powerful. So you can get really locked into certain ways of moving, finding ways of moving that feels completely outside of what feels natural at a, at a certain point after, after years and years and years um, is really healthy. It's really good. So be willing to feel like a novice. And then, and then the third piece of advice is I think, um, which goes along with the, the learning is, is do things outside of dance, go to museums. Like if, if art, if you want to stay in the world of art and the arts, that's, that's, you know, your, your choice. Um, but like, at least go to museums, right? Look at what other art artists, listen to music that you wouldn't typically listen to. Um, go to tons of that. I love theater. Just go watch actors excel. Yeah. Explore their own craft and you know, they themselves are pushing their own boundaries a lot of the time. And being in that energy, I think is helpful. Um, and then do things like I, I learned, I stepped away for a year to go back to Columbia university to learn software. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, 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 it was, again, that's a, a separate story, but I wound up learning so much about myself and my own brain and calculations and there was, there's so much that I got out of that process and it challenged me. I went, I mean, I was, I couldn't even type on a keyboard at that point. Like I had to learn <laughs> um, and had, had just like, I was at the peak of my dance career and then was found myself in a space where I was new, new, new at a thing. It yeah. was really hard, um, but really, really good. Cause you got to stay, you have to continue to learn how you learn because how you learn may change at least it, that's for me mm -hmm. over time. And so like connecting with, well, how am I learning now? And what parts of my brain am I using now? And am I, is there some gray matter forming in this other area? Should I <laughs> engage in a different way? I really believe in that. So yeah. um, to, if you're doing something that doesn't, you know, that, that feels like it's not what you had dreamed of at a certain point, just trust where you are. Yeah. Trust, just keep going, keep going, just keep going, just keep doing what you're doing. I love it. But yeah, carve your own path, I think is the is the motto. Beautiful. I'm into it. And it's and it's it's to each their own as well, because you have to your gut knows better. It just knows. I can't explain it. 
It just, it just knows. knows. Get out of your head. Get out of your head. Yeah. Breathe. Yeah. A piece of advice. One of the best pieces of advice that I got is when you feel panic or fear toward a thing or in a moment or in a, on a, in a bigger context, mm-hmm. rather than shy away from it, step into it, Ooh. step in, into your feet, like step into that anxiety, um, that, that feeling of fear. Um, there's something to be found in there. Yeah. And and as long as you're kind of shutting yourself out from it and you just kind of stop breathing in a sense, don't breathe into it, like step into it, breathe into it. Like that's when you take bigger exhales. Yeah. Right into it. That I loved that because I think that there, there's, there's, a, that's a, there's a key in that to, to, to life and to, to dealing with the challenges that we all face. I think so too. And just like that, we've been talking for over an hour, Carissa. We did it. Wow, time flies. You survived. Well done. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks again for being accommodating. And Of course. Uh, you are a joy to hang out with. Oh, thank this you. This has been a blast getting to know you, really. Thank you. And uh, before I let you go, I have to ask, where can people find you online? Where can they find your stuff? Talk to me. I am on social media. I'm on Instagram at Carissa Barton. That's C-H-A-R-I-S-S-A-B-A-R-T-O-N. And on Twitter, it's Carissa Barton number one. Get it. There was someone else got Carissa Barton. I don't know who she is, but yeah. uh, <laughs> the Carissa Barton one. Um, I am not great about, like, I don't think really people use websites anymore anyway, but um, I do have a website. It's carissabarton.com. Not great at keeping it updated, but um, I'll continue to do my best. There you go. Um, and then, um, yeah, I, I have a Vimeo page, but I, I, I need to kind of add some more stuff. And, you know, sure. <laughs> In the meantime, there is some good stuff on there. Just okay. so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and... Hello, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Interesting Podcast. If you'd like to follow the show, it's at Pod of Interest on Twitter. If you'd like to follow me, I'm at Jedi Brian on all social media sites. You can also find me at brianbalance.com. There you'll find my demos, films, and a bunch of other really fun stuff. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and tell your friends. A good rating or review always helps and is greatly appreciated. Let the people know we've got some cool stuff going on over here. Speaking of cool stuff, we now have merch. Just search The Interesting Podcast on tpublic.com to pick you up some sweet gear. Also, I've made a Patreon, so if you'd like to support the show more directly and get early releases of the shows, you now have that option over at patreon.com slash jedibrian. On that note, special thanks to Daryl, Daz, Ben, Victor, Jim, and Chris. Your support means so, so much to me, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. So until next time, be well. <laughs>